This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. What's up, y'all? Once again, this is Pre Shakeups with the Negro League Podcast. Um, it's been a crazy fucking week, man. Um, a little tight. Had, had a couple of uh, bourbon and gingers before I got started with this. Um, was writing a few things. One of the things I was writing was I just got done working on this uh, editorial um, that talks about something that I really think that we should put the rest and it's the GOAT discussion. And I really feel like as much as I love Jordan with a closet full of his shoes, I really feel like, in my mind, LeBron has surpassed him. Right? <laughs> and this is kind of how I opened up the editorial that I was writing for uh, this publication here in Columbia, South Carolina. It was basically saying, like, look, we can talk about the rings, right? Like, Every time there's an argument about LeBron versus Jordan, it's always, oh, you know, Jordan has six rings. Well, shit, man, Bill Russell has 11. You know, we don't bring him up as far as being the greatest. So to me, I think about 1967, and there was this conference of black players, and it was organized by people like Jim Brown and and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Ali was there. And it was them supporting Muhammad Ali with what he was going on with when he refused to fight in the Vietnam War and his title was stripped away from him and he's going against it. You also got to understand somebody like Jim Brown, even though I have to kind of concede that I was really disappointed with him talking to Trump after Trump got elected, even though I don't think that any of us knew it was going to be this fucking bad. Um, Jim Brown quit the NFL in his prime, in his fucking prime because of the racism that was going on with the league. And he was one of those few black faces that was in the league. And he was the, the player, like in a time where the running backs were really, really, really in high regard. He left in his prime because he felt like there was injustices that was going on with it. And there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about with sports. And I'm going to get to a little bit of Kaepernick stuff too, but it's like, you know, the LeBron discussion, I really feel like, the discussion of whether or not he's better than Jordan is over in my brain. Like LeBron is better than me than Jordan as I have both of their shoes in my closet. And this isn't about basketball, right? Like I think that anytime you make those type of statements, I think people are going to automatically try to jump on the bandwagon of talking about stats and talking about, you know, rings and shit like that. I really don't give a fuck about that. I really don't give a fuck about that because if we, if we're really honest about it, Muhammad Ali lost five fights, <laughs> right? He lost five fights. When he say he the greatest, do you disagree with that? If we're talking about records, are we calling Floyd Mayweather the greatest boxer of all time? He's never lost. Are we saying Rocky Marciano is the best boxer of all time? He never lost. <laughs> but he rubbed Joe Lewis's ass, right? Like, we pick and choose the way we kind of 
make these things up in our heads. And the Jordan LeBron thing is just a weird thing where I've never seen how we just vilify another player just because he's dope. You know what I mean? Like like the hatred. Like niggas hate LeBron, right? It's like, I don't know. I think we reaching to find reasons to hate LeBron. Oh, he left the team. Oh, he did this. Oh, he went there. It's like, man, and that what the fuck you would do if you had the mobility to do that type of shit? If you were as great at your job so you can just go and do anything in the fucking world, wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you choose to go to Miami? Wouldn't you choose to go to LA? Wouldn't you choose to move where you want to where you want to go? It's like, man, like I can't get mad at black mobility. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we fucking forget that Jordan played for the Wizards, <laughs> and we can't also forget that Jordan was going to leave at one point in time. Jordan was going to dip. Jordan was going to play for the Knicks. Um, y'all can look that shit up. Like, there was a few stories where he wanted to get the fuck out of there. Um, so this whole false loyalty thing to a team, I think this is really fucking crazy. And we do that shit with Kobe, too, because he played for the Lakers for all of his career. But let's be honest. Number one, when you're playing in Los Angeles, you really don't want to go nowhere else. And number two, he was going to leave, too. Right? Like, if he didn't get Shaq out of town, he would have left. But I digress. So when I'm talking about the GOAT discussion, all these people that I look up to, right, and it's one of the things that I wrote in an article. It's like Jackie Robinson had 137 home runs, right? I think somebody like Willie Mays had 637, you know? So comparatively speaking, Jackie Robinson's numbers weren't that crazy. But you'd be hard-pressed to find another baseball player that I fuck with as hard as Jackie Robinson. And that's because of what he meant outside of the game and i think that when i'm looking at this goat shit from now on people come with that goat shit i'm i'm done having that discussion because my criteria is going to be totally different my criteria is not just what you do on the basketball court right it's like let's look at jordan and we're not saying that a lot of these guys aren't philanthropic that these niggas haven't donated money that these niggas haven't donated the time we get it you know jordan's probably giving more money to kids than i can ever do in a lifetime so it's not me saying that He's like beneath me or anything like that. And what people choose to do with their money is all good. But when we're talking about these discussions of the people that I want to hold in the highest regard, Jordan historically was an asshole. Like <laughs> I told I told this story a while back on one of my other podcasts where <laughs> where he has a reputation of really, really being a dick, right? Google um or look on YouTube the story that Chameleon Air tells about meeting Michael Jordan for the first time. It's an insane story. Um, but there's a friend of mine who's a, a video AP. Like, he shoots stuff. He's the one that holds the camera. And he was shooting something for MTV. The What's the show called? Like, Making a Band or something like that. And it was one of those seasons where Michael Bivens from Belle Biv the DeVoe, Poison fame, New Edition fame, he was hosting it or he was the guy that was, like, in charge of the shit. So, like, this shooting... They're shooting this show for MTV, and there's this hoopla going on outside of this hotel. It's like, motherfuckers is going crazy, motherfuckers is going crazy. And it's like, what's going on? And my homeboy's like, let me check and see what's up. He looks outside. There's a powder blue, baby blue fucking Rolls Royce that pulls up out there, and it's Michael Jordan. Motherfuckers is going fucking crazy. They're wilding out. My friend runs upstairs. <laughs> He's like, yo. He's like, yo, it's Michael Jordan down there. And Michael Bivens is like, oh, tell him I said what's up. So my friend goes back downstairs, run up to Michael Jordan, says, excuse me, excuse me, sorry to bother you, blah, 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 big fan, yada, 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 but I'm working on this MTV show, <laughs> and he's like, and Michael Bivens 
is hosting the show. And he told me to tell you, hey. And Jordan looks at my friend and says, Michael Bivens? Tell that faggot I said, hey, and walks away. And it's like, <laughs> my friend kind of relayed the message. And Michael Bivens is like, ah, that's Jordan being Jordan. Ha <laughs> ha, we joke like that, which I don't think that nigga was joking, right? But Jordan, he's, he's punched his teammates. You know, famously, he punched Steve Kerr. You know, terrible gambling debts which there was always this cloud that was around him about when his father passed away that, that there's speculation that it was his gambling debts that kind of, you know, made that shit happen, which I'm not going to speculate. Just like when we're talking about Jordan, you know, owning prisons. And I couldn't put that in the article that I wrote because I don't see any proof about that. There's just crazy speculation. But I will be honest and say that Jordan couldn't survive the Twitter world. Like he historically has been a fucking asshole and we've given him the ability to do it, right? Some of it is, is us to blame. Some of it I kind of blame the NBA. And I'll I'll get to my point with that. It's like when we talk about the league, right, Jordan turned the game to a global thing. But the people that fucking saved the NBA, you know, was, was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. That rivalry was the shit that saved the NBA. And let's be honest, there's a little race shit that was involved. Like Magic was this black guy flashing in LA and like Larry Bird was this he's in Boston. He's a country ass dude from Indiana, but he was in fucking Boston. So that component really 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 saved the league before uh Bird and Magic were playing. The finals was played on tape delay. That shit wouldn't even play live, right? So they saved the league. Jordan came out he took it to another level. And a lot of that stuff kind of happened in a way where Jordan's going to have an Adidas deal because Adidas was the shit to fuck with. It was Adidas and Converse. Nike was this new kid on the block. But Jordan ended up having a, a meeting with Nike, and Nike basically was just like, yo, we're, we're going to really suck your dick <laughs> to get you excited. And Nike agreed to spend a million dollars in advertising. So all the Mars Blackman commercials and shit like that, it was revolutionary at the time because you've never seen a shoe company spend that much money. And that took it to another, to another level. The other thing the NBA did was it protected Jordan. They put gag orders on publications and shit that if there was a story coming out about Jordan doing some crazy shit, whether he was fucking around with hoes or gambling or do some crazy shit like that, the NBA basically made sure those stories didn't come out to protect the league. And that's how Jordan became bigger than the league because we never saw any bad stories or bad shit about him. So in saying the day, if he was in the Twitter age, none of that, you can't hide shit, right? There's nothing to hide. But here's where the LeBron Jordan thing kind of comes up with me. Jordan also historically has been the guy that said Republicans buy shoes too. Jordan made it very, very clear early on, like, look, man, y'all ain't going to fuck up my bag. I'm not going to say anything political. I'm not going to say anything that's going to rock the boat. I'm not going to say anything that could possibly get in the way of me getting my paper, which, you know what? More power to you, brother. Can't get mad at that. Can't get mad at that. But I will say, though, if there was anybody that has the freedom to say what the fuck he wants, it's him. But, you know. So look at what's happening with LeBron this past week. It's like, man, <laughs> I got to go down this list. He decides to open up a school in Akron, Ohio. We've all seen all the articles. We've seen the interviews. We, we've gone through all that shit. But he opens up this school for 240 kids in the third and fourth grade in his hometown. The kids get free tuition, free uniforms, free bicycle and a helmet, free transportation within two miles, free breakfast, lunch, and snacks, 
a food pantry for the families, GEDs and job placement services for the parents and all the kids that graduate from there, they get guaranteed free ride to the University of Akron for all the students. LeBron's the GOAT. Seeing that, I'm like, all right, he got it. And he got it because he's not chasing Jordan, right? It's like we keep talking about he can never be Jordan. That's right. Like, he stopped chasing Jordan. He's creating his own path, his own lane. And there's in some regards, like, Jordan can't chase him. It's like, you know, when when LeBron was talking about the school, he was on CNN with Don Lemon, which I don't know, (laughs) are we fucking with Don? Are we not fucking with Don? I don't know. Like, he goes back and forth, right? I guess now he's with us again, right? But it's like, you know, he's talking to Don, and Don was like, yo, if if Trump was that other side of the table, what would you say to him? And LeBron was like, I would never be at a table for him to be across me. Like, there's no reason for me to be across the table for this man. He's using his platform in sports to divide a nation. And Trump goes on Twitter, and he calls Don Lemon the dumbest nigga on television. He ain't say nigga, but you know he probably wanted to say that, right? Called him the dumbest man on television and called LeBron James unintelligent and blah, blah, blah. And he says, oh, I like Mike, right? So, like, you got, like, Donald Trump saying, fuck LeBron, fuck Don Lemon, which is he's attacking two black guys. And he says, oh, I like Michael Jordan. And I'm kind of like, uh-oh, Jordan is put in this position where uh, his feet are to the fire, right? Because he, res- he really doesn't get pressure. But it's like, you don't want to be associated with this guy. But Jordan comes back and he says kind of passive aggressively, you know, I support LJ. He's doing great stuff for the community. And that was it. <laughs> right? And me and my boy kind of had an argument about this. He was like, you know, he thought, he's like, man, I think Jordan called LeBron and said, man, fuck that nigga, fuck Trump, blah, blah, blah. I gave him a private call, but he's not going to say anything publicly. And he's like, you know, that's part for the course for Jordan. Jordan has had a history of never saying anything. That's why LeBron's the GOAT. Trayvon Martin dies, LeBron says something. When Trump is going after Steph, and it's, when they won the championship, LeBron says something. Black people are dying, getting killed by the cops. LeBron says something. I can't breathe shirts. LeBron is saying something. Like, the school kind of just put this thing over the top, and I think that our conversations with the players that we really, 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 really fuck with, that's where I'm going with it, right? It's like, Kaepernick ain't the best fucking quarterback in the league, even though technically he's not in the league, but you get what I'm saying, right? So look at what's going on with the sports, right? We we talk about this Kaepernick situation where (laughs) Madden 19, somebody ended up getting like a a visual. You know, all my niggas that listen to this, y'all know before the game starts, they play music, and there was a Big Sean song, and he said Colin Kaepernick. He says Kaepernick in the song, and Madden bleeps the word Kaepernick out like it's a curse word. Right, like how's <laughs> what? What the fuck? Right, which I have a theory on that. I feel like number one, Madden. They don't have to play the song. Like, why choose that song? If you feel that crazy, that you got to bleep that word out. Like niggas ain't gonna find this shit out. Why play the song? I, I have a theory. My theory is they knew they were gonna get this heat the same way when. The football league, when they tried to say that they're going to make a rule to force players to kneel, got out there. Technically speaking, the NFL can't force that to be a rule. You can't do that with the NFL, you know, NFL, PA, whatever it's called. 
the players union are not going to allow you to set a, a rule that, that players have to stand for the anthem. That's not in the, that's not in the, uh, the collective bargaining agreement. The NFL doesn't care, though. The NFL doesn't mind or care if whether or not it becomes a rule. The NFL cares about letting the owners know that they tried. Right. It's one of those things where it's like if you're a lawyer and you're arguing a case and you can say some shit that can't, you know, that's not supposed to be admitted and the judge can say, you know, overrule, like, hey, jury, disregard the last thing this motherfucker said. But you can't disregard it because you heard it. That's what they're doing. So Madden was basically going out of their way to say, hey, hey, owners. We letting y'all know that we cool with y'all, even though 80-something percent of the league is black, even though we got a black motherfucker on the cover of the, of the game, even though it's nothing but hip-hop music. When you're playing the game, we're letting y'all know we stand with y'all, right? So then you have Jerry Jones comes out, which is hilarious because a lot of this shit is what's got to die down a little bit. And Jerry Jones is like, you know what, man? Y'all niggas going to stand for that flag. And if y'all don't stand for that flag... Y'all, y'all not gonna be with the Dallas Cowboys, right? So you got like people like Greg Hardy, who his story, not just abuse, he was like beating up his girl and throwing her on a bed full of guns. Ah, he's good enough to be on the Cowboys. <laughs> Michael Irvin, cocaine. Ah, he's good enough to be with the Cowboys. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But oh, oh, you don't stand up for the flag. Oh, oh that's 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 too much. Even though, like, after he said that, there was a video of, like, Jerry Jones standing at a game, had his hat on, and talking while the anthem was going on, and the son is like, take your hat off. And he looks at his son and is like, ah, fuck it, I'm not doing it. So let's just be honest about it. Like, no one, they don't give a fuck about the flag. They don't. They don't. We know this. But what we're seeing now is this is becoming totally a, a position of them versus us, Right? So if you're a black player in the league and you didn't want to kneel in the first place or anyway, right, what do you do when you're when the owner of your team? And that sounds weird anyway, like your owner, right? It's like, yo, you better stand up, nigga, right? Even, even if you planned on standing up for the flag, what do you do when that shit happens, right? So you got like Dak Prescott that's like, oh, you know, I really don't think the football game is the place to kneel, or the protest. I really don't think that. And I'm like, word. <laughs> to the point where, like, they painted a mural in, uh, in Dallas of uh, Dak Prescott with the get out shit. You know, you know the part of the movie where, like, the nigga can't move and, he's in, and tears going on his eyes and the eyes wide open, the mouth open or whatever. Like, like he's in a fucking sunken place, right? It's like, Dak is like, oh, I don't think this is a place to do it. And it's like, man, it's been two years. Kaepernick hasn't been in the league for two years. He proved that this is the place to do it. All right, and then you got Ezekiel Elliott did the same thing, which Ezekiel Elliott, uh, tons and tons of shit. They keep coming up infractions. He was suspended because of uh, domestic domestic abuse, and Jerry Jones fought to try to like cut a suspension in half. So Ezekiel Elliott comes in and says, "Oh, it's not about now. Nah, we we made a decision not to kneel. Now nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that, right?" But it's like a lot of these dudes are put in this position where. They feel like they bad gonna get fucked up. Right? Same thing we're talking about Jordan. Like Jordan's like, I ain't gonna say anything because my bag might get fucked up. That's why LeBron's the GOAT. 
because he's going to speak on something that he believes in before he thinks about the bag, right? And we know he already got the bag. We know he's already a billionaire by now. But the fact that he speaks in light of all of that gives me a level of admiration that I think that all y'all niggas in a barbershop, shut the fuck up. From now on, I don't hear another bad word about LeBron. Period. I don't hear another bad word about him. Shut the fuck up. Period. Don't give a fuck. Fuck Jordan, fuck his rings. I don't care. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> LeBron has basically set the standard of what y'all need to do with your money. The conversation I was having today is like, you know, there's like a Mark Wahlberg video on Instagram and he's like, like, hey, hey, how you doing? Uh, this message is for DJ Khaled. Hey, do you have a pair of these Tinker Jordans? I have these Jordans. Look at this. Do you have it? You know, he's like stunting on Khaled with a pair of Jordans or whatever. And it was kind of funny because it was just like, man, man what Wahlberg is worth $50, $100 million. Like, who gives a shit that you got a pair of J's that you can find on eBay? Like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron is basically saying, this is what you do with your money. So it becomes a competition. Who's going to be able to give more, right? Right, it's like Obama was talking at um, this commencement speech for for Mandela, which would have been his hundredth birthday, and he was saying like, "Yo, Obama was like, I look at my account and I'm surprised about how much money I have," <laughs> and he's like, he's like, he's like, wealth isn't about how much money you can acquire and accrue; it's about how many people can you help. That becomes the new wealth how many people can you help how many people can you change their lives that becomes new wealth so i think that's fucking brilliant and i think that uh lebron deserved this conversation <laughs> this first 20 minutes of this right but it's just a perspective to have right because it's like the all the players that i look up to that i idolize it wasn't just what they did on the court on the field or on the diamond it was always that extra those are the people i fuck with I fuck with the Ali's. I fuck with the Jackie Robinsons. I fuck with the Jack Johnsons. Not the <laughs> not the surfer, the black boxer, right? <laughs> but it's like, but those are the those are the conversations that we gotta have, man. Like, what's important to you? And I think that LeBron's legacy is is well beyond how many rings he get. So hats off to him. Um, what the fuck else is going on? Movie wise, I want to see Blind Spotting. The two movies I want to see, I want to see Blind Spotting. Her that was great, and um, I want to see Sorry to Bother You, which is out here. We don't get a lot of cities, a lot of cities, a lot of movies in my city that's like that. The independent dope films that take a while. Um, but Sorry to Bother You is here. I haven't seen it yet. Shout out to Boots Riley from the Coup. Um, I actually interviewed him years and years ago when I was a teenager. But um, I heard the movie is amazing. I saw the Mission Impossible movie. That shit was pretty fucking dope. Even though, feel how you want to feel about Tom Cruise and Scientology and shit. But man, goddamn it, you be watching them previews and that shit be looking so exciting. And Nick, make a nigga want to be like, you know what? What are my thieving levels? <laughs> Maybe I should give this goddamn Scientology shit a try. Like it's it's tempting, um, but it looks dope. Let me see what else is happening with with movies and music. Music wise, uh, what came out recently? Travis Scott albums dope came out this past week. Um, Buddy, 
West Coast dude. His album's been dope. I've been banging that the past couple of weeks. So uh, also, Mo Better Soul, I do uh, these podcasts. So if you want to check out these podcasts and these playlists, um, you can check it out. I'll probably put little links in the in the description so y'all can check out the uh, the playlist that we'll do every week when you got this. And once again, please subscribe on iTunes. Give us five stars, even if you don't feel like it's five stars. So I appreciate it if you do it just loud, just a little bit. And um, you know, hopefully y'all get to hear this every time there's a new episode that comes out, which hopefully is every Monday, unless something else happens. But it's just basically me not being lazy because I ain't depending on nobody else to do this shit. So I thank y'all for listening to a nigga talk for like twenty five minutes or so. Um. Let me think. What's what's going on? This like big and music and stuff. I think okay. I think this is on my list of stuff. It's like 1998, August 25th. I know we're still early, but that is the anniversary of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. And Lord Jesus, you can't. You couldn't tell me anything about that woman. I was so fucking in love with Lauren Hill, which I guess all of us were, right? Like, in love with Lauren Hill. Couldn't do no wrong. I was absolutely smitten by her. And now she's like the butt of the jokes of somebody that is the ultra diva that don't show up for her concerts. Like, y'all see that meme where it's just like, <laughs> it's just like me. Hey, you go to a Lauren Hill concert? And it's like Lauren Hill response, nah, you? <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like, Oh my gosh, I think like reflecting on the 20th anniversary of that album, it's like I'm really frustrated with with it because it's like as much as I love Lauren, we can't rest on our laurels, right? Where two of the greatest concerts I've ever been to were three. I went to see Prince. I went to see Stevie Wonder, the Songs of Key of Life tour in Atlanta. And I saw Paul McCartney, right? And... When you look at a Prince, you look at a, a Stevie, they don't slack for their audience, man. They don't slack for you. Like, they show up on time, and they go well beyond the Call of Duty. Like, even the, the Stevie Wonder show, like, he, you could tell that he was just playing shit, like, three hours worth of shit, just killing it. You know, like, like you know he went beyond, <laughs> he went beyond what they were going to play, because it was all, like, Songs of Key of Life shit, and he just, like, kept going in. And it's like, as much of a diva that we think Prince was, as much as a, a diva as we think Stevie could be, them niggas never sell the audience short, right? They're like, we're not going to skimp on y'all. And it's like the the legacy of Lauren is less about the greatness of that one album and more about how she's become this inconsistent um, person that we love in our past. Right. So I don't know. On the 20th anniversary, man, like I really, I really, I really hope that that, that narrative changes. Right. I really hope that changes. Damn, that shit got me sad. <laughs> I'm telling you, dog. Like ever since goddamn Sister Act 2, that's been my bay. God damn. I miss you, Lauren. I love you, Lauren. Like, come on. Come on stage on time. Or make some new music, like some really great new music. Come on. Um, well, shit. I think that's about all I want to talk about, man. This Lauren thing kind of got me sad at the end of it. Um, 
Once again, subscribe to the Negro League Podcast on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, and all that good stuff. If you have any questions, any comments, you can reach out to me, preachjacobs at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, IG, under Preach Jacobs. Um, I guess that's it. That's all I want to talk about, man. Like, I thank y'all for listening once again. Uh, I think there's a couple other things I wanted to bring up, but I'll say that shit for next week because the nigga's tired right now, and I feel like watching some shit on HBO is Sunday night. But uh, thank y'all for listening. I love y'all. Talk to you soon. Peace.